Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Merry Christmas, friends, family in Christ, brothers and sisters. And hey, even if you just happen to tune in by accident and you don't believe, Merry Christmas. I mean, you can still celebrate, and I'm sure you do. Um, no, I mean, it's not by accident that you're listening right now. Today, we're going to be talking about Christmas, maybe a little bit about its origins. What does the Bible say about the birth of Jesus? How about when Jesus was born? Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of that today, and we've got a lot of you that have already weighed in on this, but let me give you the email, comments at standupforthetruth.com. At any point during this hour, you can text the keyword speak up to 90100. So if you text speak up to 90100, you can send us your thoughts on Christmas and how your family celebrates. Father, thank you for this time of year. We are so blessed that, um, first of all, Christmas for believers is in our hearts all year round because we trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation by the grace of God and through faith we are saved. And that's where it starts. We thank you, God, for the power of the gospel. We thank you for this season where more people are thinking maybe about gift-giving and where that all started, the original gift-giver, that you so love the world, that you sent your only Son to die for us. And we thank you for that. The true meaning behind Christmas is in that you saved a world that had no hope, and we were separated from you, Lord. And now we thank you that, that you bridged that gap through sending Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. And we trust you. We love you. We pray that you'd uh, bless those who are listening right now. A lot of people struggling with hard times. We pray that you would be close to them, Lord, and you would draw them near. And we also pray for people that are kind of on the fence about this whole uh, Christmas thing, what to do with it. Well, it's an opportunity. I think we can share the gospel. And Lord, please give us opportunities and divine appointments. And Holy Spirit, lead our words, lead us, and guide us. We love you, Father. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about this today. In Jesus' name. Amen. How did Jesus' disciples celebrate Christmas? After the resurrection, how long was it before followers of Jesus Christ began the tradition of giving each other gifts? When the tradition of Santa Claus became the cultural norm, was that before the Holy Spirit came on the scene in second chapter of Acts, or first chapter and second chapter of Acts? Or was that much later in church history? Um, are parents really lying when they tell their kids about Santa Claus? Um, the origin, meaning, celebration of Christmas, uh, it's controversial to some within the church. Uh, we know people that don't believe love it because it's all about commercialism and money and buying gifts and um, just receiving gifts and all that. But most of us understand that Jesus wasn't really born on December 25th. It may have been September, but does that matter? Um, we're celebrating him, those of us who do celebrate Christmas, and uh, it does come from pagan holiday tradition, how this came to be. We'll look into that little of that in a little while. Uh, how about lights and Christmas trees? Do they represent pagan worship? So what does your family do? That's what we're discussing today. Many of you have weighed in and responded. Text the keyword, speak up, to our new provider, 90100. And let's start, start off with a very um, simple question. Should, Christ, should Christians celebrate Christmas? And then we'll talk about how. All right, because you go from should and then how, because many people do. So the answer, the debate about whether or not Christians should celebrate Christmas has been raging for centuries and there are equally sincere and committed Christians on both sides. So first, <clears throat> excuse me, let's look at the reasons why Christians do not celebrate Christmas. One argument, and we've got three different articles. One is from a secular source, 
and two are from Christian sources. But um, the traditions surrounding the holiday have origins in paganism. Some do, but when we mention the light, the light on the Christmas tree or the light on trees, Jesus is the light of the world. And he said, you are now the light of the world, he said to his followers. Without Christians, without Jesus, this world would be incredibly dark. How about the Christmas tree? Well, some associate that with the cross of Christ, a wooden tree, a wooden cross. And so a tree in and of itself uh, is not an idol. But some people say, oh, it's a pagan origin. You can't worship a Christmas tree. Well, every other year, my wife and I get a tree. Uh, We have one in our home right now. It smells wonderful because it's real pine. We used to have an artificial one. But... um, we love it. We're not worshiping the tree. Uh, but some people are really staunch on this. They're really hard, maybe legalistic on this. You should never have any tree or Christmas decorations. So um, a lot of traditions in the past, there are definitely pagan roots to some of them. Um, there, there are more traditions associated with the true meaning of Christmas. What is it, though? The birth of the Savior of the world in Bethlehem. That's the just foundational. Wipe away everything right now and understand all the scriptures we've been sharing for the last several weeks about the prophecies, the Old Testament prophecies about Jesus. Uh, Luke 2, uh, today there's been born for you a Savior, Christ the Lord. What was the sign that the angels proclaimed? The sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That was the sign. What's What sign? Emmanuel means God with us. And they were worshiping. The heavenly host was glory to God in the highest. They were worshiping. That's what it's all about. So bells. What about bells? They are played to ring out the joyous news. Candles are lit to remind us that Christ is the light of the world. See, it all started with candles before we had electricity. <laughs> candles were lit as Christ is the light of the world, a star was placed on top of a Christmas tree to remember the star of Bethlehem. And gifts are exchanged to remind us of the gifts of the Magi to Jesus, the greatest gift to mankind. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. That was the gift to the baby Jesus. Now, we've made it something much different in all the commercialism of it, and we will talk about Santa Claus. That's a problem. But um, I'm reading this article from Got Questions on Christians and celebrating, and I just want to make one more point here. It is an opportunity to proclaim Christ as the reason for the season. Whether you celebrate Christmas in your house or not, we are still in this world and supposed to be going and proclaiming the good news. It is good news. Um, In the end, whether or not you celebrate uh, Christmas or not, it's a personal decision between you, God, your family, But um, the views that you have should not be used as a club with which to beat down or denigrate those who have opposing views, no matter what side you're on. Now, we've got several articles here. One, five reasons. Well, let me, let's, let's, yeah, five reasons to just say no to Santa. All right, parents, be ready. First of all, let me ask you, Crash, um, bring you in on this conversation here, which right now is, is it's been a monologue. Uh, but I want to ask you how you celebrate Christmas in your home with your son. And uh, I'm sure it's changed maybe throughout the years, mm-hmm. but traditions, Santa, when he was younger, when did you change? Just I, had a, a little... I had a 30-year, uh, I had, I have a 30-year-old daughter as well and, uh, and a stepson. And so I've uh, been celebrating uh, with uh, family, I guess, for, for, for years. But um, I didn't want to go on and on and on and get too far off topic, but we have a, we've always had a tree as well. Mm-hmm. I, I like live trees, but we stopped doing that because of our son's allergies. Mm. So we just do an artificial tree. And uh, no, we have not worshipped it. Yeah, well, that's obvious. We don't worship the things in our house. What Katie, about- Katie's a decorator, so she, right. she, she does these theme trees, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, real, real magazine-looking trees, you know. I, I, I don't get involved with it. It's something that she likes to do. So I just go ahead, and she decorates. And I, I posted on my Facebook how she decorates the house. It's Christ, it, it is Christian joy, you know. So <laughs> yeah. we have uh, references to the stable and the manger and stuff like that. No Santa Claus or anything like that. So it, was there a time early in your life as a parent that you 
had Santa yep. and did all that. Yep. Uh, so when Patrick was young, Katie and I had a discussion, and I had my thoughts about it, and she had her thoughts about it, and uh, so we decided. I decided. I said, as long as we're, we're not lying about Santa. Uh, so you know, I think we need to talk isn't that, about isn't that, that. Weird. I think we need I, to talk about that. What is lying? What is lying when it comes to Santa Claus and and celebrating Christmas? Where kids are involved. Well, I guess, uh, how do I say this? When we're watching uh, movies or something like that, if we're watching the Christmas movies, we're explaining along with Patrick when he was very young what, what what's actually happening. And I think I told you about this, kind of like when he was, he was also into Scooby-Doo cartoons. And I said, keep watching and you'll see they're going to take the mask off and it's just a person in the, yeah. you know. And uh, this, and when uh, we'd go to restaurants or something, and there would be a Santa Claus, or at the mall, I would say, you know, that's just a man in a suit. That is, you know, and so mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense, but yeah. I, well, if you're explaining it to him, I think that's what should be done. That's what I meant. Like, not let's not lie about a magical man. That man right there can fly around the world in one in in, in an eve and deliver. Th- well, how many? 330 million gifts. And he eats all the cookies. That kind of lie. That, yeah, yeah. that The uh, fable of, of, yep. of Santa Claus. Yep. So why do you think, uh, as Christians, a lot of parents go along with that? The, uh, the, uh, the Santa, oh, you mean the, the, the actual fable? Santa, yeah, Santa. And if you're not, he's got a list. He knows if it's been bad or good. I know it's a song. Uh, but well, they talk about the magic or the... Uh, the um, uh, the overall theme of giving, I, I, I've heard these. Those are the arguments that I hear. It, uh, Santa represents giving, and um, and magic, and wonder, and things like that. And don't take that from our kids. That's that's the argument. You know, oh, the, the, the magic yeah. and wonder of Christmas. Don't take that away. You know, and and uh, I guess some of it is also tradition. And also peer pressure. I mean, how ca- it's it's almost like you'd have to turn off the TV and not leave the house to avoid the Santa Claus. I know, I know. Well, uh, the radio playing Santa music. Yep. Uh, uh, t- movies, cartoons. Yeah. You know. So uh, we'll get to a, a lot of comments from our uh, listeners and friends um, on our Facebook page. We posted something yesterday, picture of Santa Claus. Um, but I want to get back for a minute to the Christmas tree. And some people are undecided on it, but I have a quote. We read this actually a couple weeks ago. It was a Q quote. Pastor John MacArthur said, There is no connection between the worship of idols and the use of Christmas trees. We should not be anxious about baseless arguments against Christmas decorations. Rather, we should be focused on the Christ of Christmas and giving all diligence to remembering the real reason for the season. And I love one of my favorite verses, Galatians 4, 4, and 5. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, this article, I think I gave you a copy of it, Five Reasons to Just Say No to Santa, and we'll post this in the podcast today. Uh, Lisa Apello, she said, uh, in our house, we just say no to Santa, but it wasn't always this way. For the first several years of parenting, Santa was an integral part of our Christmas. We decorated with Santa, took pictures with Santa, sent uh, wish lists to Santa, and spent a good part of December building excitement with Santa for what he would leave under the tree. Uh, This is from Crosswalk.com, by the way. Um, Santa was getting far too much attention and too much credit for a season meant for Christ. And Lisa said, I went from room to room in our home one year and started boxing up all the Santa decorations that we'd accumulated through the years. She said, we stopped the traditions. Uh, We no longer lined up at the mall for pictures with Santa. We stopped telling our kids Santa was coming, and probably the biggest one for us, we stopped, we stopped leaving Christmas cookies and carrots for Santa and, of course, carrots for his reindeer. Let me say at the outset that saying no to Santa isn't about being a better Christian. 
So don't, this is not a guilt trip. This is just a lot of people's perspectives on what they did and their traditions in their home, how they want to honor Christ, honor God. Um, but here we go. Here are five reasons we decided to just say no to Santa. Number one, Santa distracted us from a Christ-centered Christmas. When my kids looked back to their childhood, would they remember Christmases filled with Jesus or Santa Claus? How about the frenzy of gift wishing and wanting? Is that something that can be supported in Scripture? So we started a family Advent tradition that helps us keep a Christ-focused Christmas. And they have an Advent book. Advent means arrival from the Latin word to come. It's how believers have celebrated the Christmas season for centuries. Advent keeps the weeks leading up to Christmas Day focused on the real Christmas story that God himself took on the flesh of an infant and dwelt among men to pay for our sin and secure our salvation. That was number one. Number two, she said, Santa meant convincing my kids a fairy tale is true. She said, we tell our kids Santa lives in the North Pole where he spends all year making toys for children, him and his elves. So how will my kids trust that what I teach them about God is true when I've concocted stories of the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, and Santa Claus. Maybe they can separate them, uh, but maybe they can't. Uh, Number three, Santa made my kids materialistic. She said they each had a pen and were carefully, one, one year, this is before they stopped the tradition of Santa Claus, she says they had catalogs with all kinds of gifts, and they had a pen. They were carefully circling all kinds of gifts on just about every page of the catalog. And then she backed up after observing her kids and asked asked a question, who had taught them that, I wondered. Hmm. I realized then how easily our culture creates little consumers with big wants. Now, she said, Santa doesn't make us greedy, but the Santa culture fuels it. Santa is the backbone of a massive retail economy, and we're the targets. Santa keeps Christmas focused on what shows up under the tree. That's the climax to which all December is pointing. We even use it to get our kids to behave. You want Santa to come? You better be good. So what we're trying to do is enjoy the gifts that we give each other, but stay focused on Jesus. And that can be hard. So number four, she said, We bring gifts because of Jesus, not Santa. She said, we give at Christmas because God first gave to us. Christmas is a great time to see and meet the needs of others and to volunteer and to help our neighbors. And finally, number five, Santa gets all the credit and removes your love from the equation. And she said, okay, admittedly, admittedly, this one is a bit self-focused and it's the least important of the reasons we decided not to do Santa. But years ago, after saving up for Christmas and choosing things that would make my kids' eyes light up and then trading sleep to put the play kitchen together on Christmas Eve, I realized Santa was getting all the credit. Now, I didn't want the credit, but I did want my kids to know how much I love them. I wanted my son to know. I believed in him enough to get the hockey goal and and my daughter to know that I'd seen how she looked at the American Girl doll or whatever it was. After my husband died one year, it became more important. That first Christmas without him was brutal, but writing from mom and dad on each gift tag was a forever reminder to my kids that their dad and I loved them. So she wraps it up by saying, I don't regret saying no to Santa Claus. I want to worship Christ at Christmas, and that won't happen on its own. It takes intention. Crash, I want to get your thoughts on some of these points she made. It's a busy and distracting world, and parents have to make decisions. And um, just her points. Number one, Santa distracted us from a Christ-centered Christmas. Number two, uh, Santa meant convincing my kids a fairy tale is true. And then number three, it made my kids materialistic. I love that example She when she said her kids were sitting around on the couch and they both had these catalogs and they're going through the catalogs circling things they wanted who taught them that that was a good question wasn't it yeah and and uh it was wasn't a challenge with us because uh well my son's always been materialistic 
Uh, didn't <laughs> That's need, how he, we're, he, he we're born and raised that way. He yeah. didn't need he didn't need Santa Claus for that. <laughs> and uh, and again, we uh, any gifts that came from Santa, you know, um, were like underwear and pajamas and things like that. But the, some of the other toys and stuff like that would be from family members and stuff. So we didn't have that challenge. I guess the only thing I was thinking through that whole. Uh, thing that when you were uh, my thoughts were is she's living up to her convictions i mean she was seeing things happening mm. and reacted in a timely manner mm. you know and so uh but i have friends that have never celebrated santa christian mm-hmm. friends that have never celebrated from right. day one even uh before they had kids you know so obviously when they started having children they 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 uh, lived on with that tradition but yeah I mean, and I guess if you have uh, the peer pressure, uh, where do they learn that? Probably peer pressure from school or church, maybe. Well, of the culture, Hollywood, if they're watching a- any TV programs, they're seeing anything on social media, if their friends are I've saying, seen commercials. guess what I'm getting for I've Christmas. I've seen commercials. The new blah, blah, blah catalog yeah, is out. Yeah. Be sure and you know, circle your it, wish it list. It is all about Santa. Let me ask you this. Uh, every family probably watches a little bit of primetime television. Have you ever seen uh, Jesus? explained as God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. No, you see Santa, you see a mall, you see shopping, you see presents, you see happy kids with a loaded loaded boxes under the tree. Anyway, more to come on this. The next article is not a Christian source. The next article is from Business Insider, and it's called Here's Why You Shouldn't Lie to Your Kids About Santa. This is not a Christian article. And then we've got a ton of responses that we're going to read from you guys chimed in about uh, should Christians have anything to do with Santa Claus and what's the best way to teach our children about Jesus. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Should Christians have anything to do with Santa Claus? And if so, or if not, I should say, how do you teach your kids? Got a lot of comments from listeners. We'll get to those in just a few minutes. Right now, a business article, not a Christian source. Um, Here's why you shouldn't lie to your kids about Santa. Now, this, again, this is not a Christian. This is someone who just says, the argument goes something like this. Lying to children is bad. (laughs) Mm. Uh, number one, it's 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 just not a story. It's not simply a story. Parents usually defend the Santa lie by saying that, oh, it's just a story like Snow White. But there's a difference between fiction and lying. When you tell your kids a story, they know it's a story. They don't believe it's actually real. When kids play cops and robbers, even though they pretend otherwise, they know that's part of the fun. They know they aren't actual cops and robbers. It's not the same thing as telling them a story telling stories is awesome. The Santa lie, however, is a lie. And number two, it doesn't do anything for their imagination because the parents will use this a lot. Oh, they're just there. Let them imagine this Santa world. Uh, this isn't usually the next line of defense. Tricking kids about Santa somehow helps their imagination. But, but that makes no sense. You're not asking kids to actually imagine anything. You're feeding them the beliefs. <laughs> You're taking advantage of the fact that they trust you to make them believe, yet the kids believe about Santa and all these other things they're telling, their parents tell them. Uh, number And then this just t- uh, two more points. Uh, it says, again, this is a business article from Business Insider. Um, who cares if it's tradition? For a very long time, the t- tradition included such smart education principles as uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. But now our society doesn't believe in disciplining children. Uh, Families that celebrate Christmas should have Christmas traditions. If you're Christian, well, your religion already has plenty of traditions around that. If you're secular but still want to celebrate Christmas, you have carols, food, spending time together, exchanging gifts for the right, correct reasons that you love each other. That is an amazing point from a non-Christian article, by the way. Let me read that again. If you're secular but still want to celebrate Christmas, you have carols, Food, spending time together, exchanging gifts for the right, correct reasons that you love each other. That God so loved us, right? And it goes on to say you don't need to invent a supersonic fat man to show your children that you love them. And um, next, it's just bad tactics. From the parents' 
uh, purely self-interested perspective, the Santa lie is just dumb parenting. First of all, it erodes your trust capital. Once your kids discover that you were actively lying to them for several years, how much do you think they'll trust you? That has always been my argument. That was my argument. He's going to be learning about Jesus. Some soon. We're going to be someday, teaching yeah. him about yeah. Jesus. And so how is Jesus going to be any different mm-hmm. than this other lie? At least they can see Santa, right? Yeah. At least you can see him at the mall, but you can't see Jesus at the mall. Yep. Now, this article is, is um, from Business Insider. He says, some kids now, let it be known, some kids are unaffected. But many trust their parents a little less after that. The Santa lie is also used to control children. If you're, if you're good, right, you'll, right. you'll get presents. If you're naughty, you won't. But really, has that ever worked? <laughs> Except for the two weeks before Christmas and possibly for 30 seconds after being reminded, has any child ever altered his behavior long term in any way because of this threat? And the last sentence in this article from a secular source, it's just morally wrong. Sorry to repeat ourselves, but lying to children is just wrong. Now, listener comments. Um, Kelly said, "When the, should Christians have anything to do with Santa Claus? She said, I roll every year, gets old. <laughs> Kimberly said, we have never done Santa or the Tooth Fairy. We consider it a fun story. My kids are respectful the, the, to those who choose to pretend I've always been open with them about my reasons for this choice. Um, Teresa said, I will not give God's glory to another. And here's an interesting one. So the question, should Christians have anything to do with Santa Claus? Bob says, sure, as long as there's no lying involved. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Yep. Crash, you want to read a few? Uh, Justin, absolutely not. It should have nothing to do with a make-believe figure who knows Oh, yeah, oh sovereign, that's a good one. Sovereign yeah. Santa Claus, right? Yeah. Should Christians have anything to do with Santa Claus? Let's see. Uh, Christy? Christy, yeah. We teach also no lying allowed. We were surprised when my two-and-a-half-year-old told a lady that Santa's not real, but that but that is what we are teaching him. Huh. We, have, uh, we really emphasize the importance of Jesus and talking about his birthday on Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's what Christy said. Well, um, does she go on to say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, she says, I don't want my children to be stuck in an argument with other kids about who Santa really is or isn't, you know. But then that's, that's, you know, you, you can't control your kids. You can't control the conversations they're having with other kids. I first learned about it from kids in my neighborhood. When I was the older kids, older kids who knew what, and right. spoiling it for the younger kids. And that, that kind of made me feel like, oh, man, really? Other and kids. again, what is that also teaching the kids? Parents are lying. Other people will tell you the truth. Ooh, that is a profound point. That was my concern is he's going to find out from a mean cousin, and that cousin can be trusted more than wow. us. Wow. Michael chimed in and said, no, as it is an obvious worldly substitution for Jesus Christ, without Christ in Christmas, this Satan clause has no purpose to exist. Same with the Eshtar bunny. <laughs> Please, Christian parents, do not reg- relegate your beloved children to a false, misleading lie. These things are tools for Satan and only diminishes faith. And um, Vince said, there are churches where I live that have Santa Claus at their church for the kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And someone chimed in and says, yeah, I know, it's in, it's, in my, uh, it's in our church too. In our church, you guys. Kelly chimed in and said, I teach a second grade class in a Christian school and have a strict no Santa policy, but the school does not. Autumn says, no. Same goes with the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Elf on the Shelf thing, and celebrating Halloween. I wanted to be honest with my daughter regarding these things. First, to bring glory to God. Second, so she can rely on me throughout her life and not the world to be a source of truth. Um, Armand uh, texted his thoughts on this, and um, let me just share his thoughts. He's, He's a good brother, friend of mine. We never did Santa or Saint Nick. After a couple years, the kids are grateful. They, there are, they are 
their, their friends talk about it and they know the truth and see it with their own eyes. That's the same fight they will have against unbelievers. They may worship Santa. And we just got one for comments at Santa for the Truth from Gene. And it says, we never told our kids about Santa, Jesus only. My daughter, who is not walking with God, complains she got ripped off. She, uh, she still doesn't regret a lie. Say that again. Okay. Uh, she's, writing, she's writing in code here, so I'm, trying to, I'm reading this just cold. She said, we never told our kids about uh, Santa, Jesus only. My daughter, who is not walking with God, complains she got ripped off because she didn't get to experience Santa. I'm filling in the blanks. She, st- she still doesn't regret a lie. She wished she would have been lied to about huh. Santa. If I'm reading that right, Gene. Okay. Uh, David, oh, by the way, you can text the keyword speak up to 90100 in the next half hour, and we can get your comments that way. And uh, David said, we do not celebrate Christmas or Easter. I explained it to my children as they grew older why we don't do that. I also explained that if others want to do that, it's their freedom to do that, and they are not bad people or lesser Christians for doing so. We want to emphasize this point, you guys. Thank you, David, for making that point. We want to emphasize this. We don't want to be judgmental. We don't want to say you're a bad person for doing this. It's uh, your conscience between you and God and that's in your family but he said it's 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 an issue of freedom on as Christians the freedom we have um, so other people are not bad people or lesser Christians no matter what they decide but uh, he said we celebrated Christ's birth life death and resurrection each and every day and especially the Lord's way um, we have found it very freeing to not have the hustle and bustle of quote getting ready for Christmas Two more. Louise said, I wholeheartedly believed in Santa, the tooth fairy, etc. As my parents told me, at the age of 12, they told me it was all fake. Boy, kids are finding out a whole lot younger than, mm-hmm. than that now. Neither was real, and I was devastated being a sensitive kid. But neither, neither, my, neither of my folks were Christians. I was saved at 26 years old, so my children heard the truth from the beginning. Just Jesus. And then we have a friend that says, um, my view on Christmas changed for the first time as my family became Torah observant. I kept learning that Christmas is pagan, kept reading it, kept hearing it until uh, just a light shined on that. We go back and look at the origins of Christmas. Christ was not around. Uh, Christmas became the name for the winter solstice, and he goes on. But Torah observant, I have something that I found really good. Um where was it? There's so much, so much to get to here, but one thing on Hanukkah. Um, the holiday of Hanukkah uh, celebrates the events which took place over 2,300 years ago in, a land of, in the land of Judea, which is now Israel. It, it begins in the reign of Alexander the Great, who conquered Syria, Egypt, and Israel, but allowed the lands under his control to continue observing their own traditions and retain a certain degree of autonomy. Under this relatively benevolent rule, many Jews assimilated much of the Hellenistic culture, adopting the language, customs, and the dress of the Greeks in much the same way that Jews in America today blend into secular American society. And I'm going to skip to the back part. It says, um, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's John 8:12. The Lord Jesus gives all of us, Jew and Gentile, the light of life. And he commanded us in Matthew 5.16 to let your light shine in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Should Christians celebrate Hanukkah today? First, be mindful of the fact that we are under no obligation or law to celebrate any of the Jewish festivals given to Israel in the Torah, the law of Moses. But to all true believers in Jesus Christ, especially those who have a profound appreciation for the Hebrew roots of our Christian faith, celebrating the true light of this world only seeks to glorify our wonderful Lord and Savior. So as Christians, we can celebrate the Festival of Lights, for example, as we rededicate our lives to Christ and acknowledge Him as the perfect and true light of this world. As believers, when we celebrate Hanukkah, It reminds us of God's wonderful miracles on our behalf. It reminds us of God's protection throughout our lives and for us to remain true to God even when the world around us 
tries to force us into assimilation. Jesus told us that whoever follows him will not have darkness, but the light of life. What a wonderful time of the year to remember and commemorate the great miracle that God has done for us. And again, I want to emphasize this point that Christians are no longer under the law, and we are no longer obligated to celebrate any of these Old Testament feasts, but it's not wrong to do so. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Craig. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I can't add anything to that. We're yeah. not obligated. Yeah. Because uh, obviously Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. He did not abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. What does that mean? All the requirements of the law. That's why and and a lot of sacrifices. You'll hear people saying, "You know, Jesus did this. You know, Jesus did this, and you you know, he did this." Yes, he did it, and he did it perfectly. He had to in order to hang up on the cross. He had to be because what did Paul say? Nobody could do it, but he did. Jesus did fulfill the law. Yes. Yes, he did. Praise God for that. Um, the, the high priest, the sacrificial system, Hebrews. Read Hebrews, yep. and you'll understand once and for all. And he established a new covenant, and it talks about the old. Um, it's, anyway, we got to take a break. We'll come back. Another article, and then we'll, we'll talk about, well, how do we get this thing about a guy in a red suit? We've got a little information on St. Nicholas. He was a real person. But long time ago, long <laughs> time ago, yeah, in the early centuries, and yep. it has nothing to do with Christmas really today. What we've made it, especially in America, and then one more article. Now this we're back to a Christian source. A few reasons why you shouldn't lie to your kids about Santa. Coming up next on Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com/podcast. Now back to Stand Up for the Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Thank you so much for listening. We're talking about Christmas, the meaning, the light, the most wonderful time of the year. And if you're a Christian, I think that should be every day. And I know it's, it's different because we are specifically focusing this time of year on just celebrating what Jesus did for us. I know there's a verse in um, James chapter 1, talks about every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Before, um, yeah, let me read this, uh, just a couple notes on the St. Nicholas character. He was a real person. Uh, we don't know a lot about him. There's a lot of different, maybe, sources or speculations that have developed, but he lived between 280 and 343. He was a Christian bishop who provided the poor and sick he provided for the poor and sick at that time. Um, he's the basis for how the character of Santa Claus came to be created, invented, but truly a different person because uh, Santa brings gifts to everybody, and really, whether you've been good or bad, right? Um, but St. Nicholas ministered to the poor and sick and needy only. Um, St. Nick was a Christian bishop who helped the needy, and after his death, the legend of his gift-giving grew. So there we go. The focus in was on the gift-giving. St. Nicholas uh, transformed into the legendary Santa Claus who brings Christmas presents, and he was born in um, uh, like, Lycaia? L-Y-C-I-A? How do you say that? Well, it's mo- modern-day Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost both of his parents as a young man, and reportedly used his inheritance to help poor and the sick. He was a devout Christian, from what we know. He later served as a bishop of Myra, a city that is now called Demre. Um, Talk about his reputation. Many legends, and here's where, you know, a lot of speculation, a lot of different legends or traditions began about St. Nicholas. One story tells how he helped three poor sisters. Their father didn't have enough money to pay their dowries and thought of selling them into servitude Three times, St. Nicholas secretly went to their house that night to put a bag of money inside. Um, The man used the money so that one of his daughters could marry. And on the third visit, the man saw Nicholas and thanked him for his kindness. He also reportedly saved three men, St. Nicholas did, who were falsely imprisoned and sentenced to death. Now, just a couple things we have here on his death. Several sources say 
that he is believed to have died in early December 343. Over the years, and stories of his miracles and his work for the poor spread and grew, and I'm sure, as it uh, often happens, were exaggerated. But he became known as the protector of children. And um, children and sailors, this says, and of course was associated with gift-giving. He was a popular saint in Europe until the time of the Reformation in the 1500s, and um, that turned away from the practice of honoring saints, but St. Nicholas was one that was honored in those early centuries. Uh, he, may, he remained an important figure in Holland. The Dutch apparently were the first to celebrate this feast of St. Nicholas, December 6th. It was a common practice for children to put, on, to put out their shoes the night before. In the morning, they would discover the gifts that St. Nicholas left for them. Imagine, now this is after St. Nicholas died, right? So Dutch immigrants brought the legend of St. Nicholas, known to them as St. Nicholas, or Sinterklaas, mm -hmm. to America in the 1700s. And uh, St. Nicholas went through many transformations in America. Sinterklaas became Santa Claus, and instead of giving gifts on December 6th, he became part of the Christmas holiday. Um, there's an 1820 poem called An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas and describing uh, St. Nick as a jolly, heavy man who comes down the chimney, so that was in 1820, mm -hmm. to leave presents for deserving children and drives a sleigh pulled by flying reindeer. And then in 1881, uh, a cartoonist, Thomas Nast added to the St. Nick legend with a drawing of Santa wearing a red suit with white fur trim. Once a kind, this is now the true story, the kind charitable bishop in the early centuries, or that once century in the 280 to 3.30, St. Um, Nicholas had now become the Santa Claus we know today who really has little to do with the original man crash, St. Nicholas. So mm -hmm. there's... A little bit of that history on the biography of St. Nick. I'm sure there's a lot of other details, a lot of other legends or traditions, but that's kind of like the gist Well, like of Rudolph it. was a radio promotion. Rudolph, right, yeah, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was a radio promotion in, in the 30s or 40s and now became is now a character. Yeah. An actual character now in all the Santa Claus movies. There's a Rudolph. And one of the most popular, quote, Christmas songs, <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Where is this? You know, I mean, this and then it gets violent. Where Grandma got ran over yeah. by reindeer. Just there's no <laughs> stopping it. <laughs> okay, one more article here, and we hope you're understanding. There's so much to talk about when it comes to should Christians celebrate Christmas? If so, how? And to not be legalistic about either view, and to not you know batter people, you know at least verbally for how they celebrate, but give them grace. But this last article, um, this is a Christian source. Um, a few reasons why you shouldn't lie to your kids about Santa. It's Christmas time. We put up our tree, hung Christmas lights, and around the house uh, we sing or listen to Christmas songs. We've already watched Santa Claus is Coming to Town and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on TV and other Christmas classics. But one thing we don't plan on doing is lying to our kids about Santa Claus, and here's why. Number one, it isn't necessary. Believing in Santa isn't essential to our survival. In the hunter-gatherer sense of the word, our kids will survive and probably be better <laughs> off for not, not believing a lie. Number two, they'll have just as much fun. Honestly, kids do not care about Santa. They care about what Santa brings them. They try to be nice in December uh, just to avoid any... Uh, to avoid annoying the jolly old fat man. But guess what? Our kids are still going to get presents. Somehow them knowing that those the, the presents come from mommy and daddy won't reduce the gratification they'll get from opening them. And number three, it's more than just a story. We read our children a bedtime story every night. When it's finished, we all say in unison, the end. But Santa is a small White lie. It's a mythology. It lasts over a month and extends over the the over years of a child's life growing up and until they get old enough to realize that you are completely full of 
nonsense. Um, when I was a kid, I figured it out on my own. Uh, Santa was really my dad. <laughs> but I still told my parents I believed in him, hoping to trick them into, so I would get more presents, as if uh, I wouldn't get the same number of presents if they knew I didn't, didn't believe in Santa Claus. Number four, there's only a couple more. Um, what about Jesus? Okay, so I'm probably the wrong one to be asking this question since I know Christmas has pretty much nothing to do with Jesus like most holidays, but this question isn't about keeping Christ in Christmas. What I mean is, I tell my kids about this guy who lives in heaven with a bunch of angels and Mm -hmm. he gave his life as a gift for all people and sacrificed himself. Then I tell them about this guy who lives not in heaven, but up there in the North Pole with a bunch of elves, and he gives gifts to nice little children. Oh, and when they get older, I let them know what one of them was all a joke, <laughs> except for that first part about Jesus. That was the real part. Uh, number five, lying is wrong. Yes, if you, yes, you look fat in that dress, and Santa isn't real. <laughs> I know it's a big pill to swallow, and most of us do, do tell tactful lies. Um, no. No, sweetie, you look good in whatever you wear. Um, but that's not a lie. That's just what you want to say to, because you love your spouse, your wife. We're trying to build a trust relationship, though, with our children. Right. If they do not trust us to tell them the truth about small things, then how will they trust us to tell them the truth about big things? It does affect some children. So it's bad enough they're going to have to go through this world trying to discern if the media is lying to them, to them which they are, if the government is lying to them, if the stranger on the street is lying to them, pardon me if I don't want to be included in that group of lying to our kids. And finally, number six, Santa teaches the wrong thing. Santa is a grumpy old man who gives coal to children who misbehave. What? <laughs> I love my children unconditionally, and sometimes that love is expressed by giving them gifts. They are not rewarded for being nice. They are rewarded because I love them. Wait. Isn't this how God treats us? We're not rewarded for being nice. We're rewarded, just we're just loved by God, and um, that's that's a really interesting couple couple extra points there that added on to that that first one. But we'll put these articles in the podcast. We just wanted to give you a lot to think about today. And aside from your kids, what about you in your heart and how you? are going through this season and celebrating Christmas. Uh, We look at Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. And so many other wonderful verses, you know, the star that was lit, um, the the stars we put up on top of our Christmas trees. Remember, Jesus is the light of the world, and that's what that star represents. But now, while we're waiting for him to return, we have a commission. We have an obligation to be light in the darkness. We have an obligation to shine the light of Christ and to share the love of Christ. And so let's remember our role, not just as parents, just as Christians, every one of us, our role to live out this life and do the best we can to point people to Jesus, to the truth, to share with others about him. And that's the, the, the biggest encouragement I want to give you today as you will be out and about running errands, maybe at, people at your work, maybe they're more open to either gift-giving or what Christmas is about. They might not even know. They're probably not believers, but here's a chance for us to love them enough to tell them the truth. And that's really one of the points we want to make today. So be encouraged that um, this can be a, a time where We really do celebrate the truth about who Jesus is, what he did for us, and what we have to look forward to. No matter how hard things might be going for you right now, and I shared earlier, uh, not this month, last month, that just it's it's been a hard year for my wife and I. But, you know, that doesn't change our faith. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So be encouraged this Christmas season and always make it about him and remember Christ is the reason that we have any hope at all and the reason that we celebrate. When we come back, wrap up today's show. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. 
Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in and Merry Christmas. So much to be thankful for. And I do want to share a verse from Luke chapter 2, verse 33 through 35. Um, And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Luke 2, 33 through 35. Wow. And and Simeon was in the temple. Remember, he said, you can release me. I have seen the Lord's salvation. And so I I just would would have loved to have had a a couple words from Mary and Joseph on that a conversation with Simeon. What do you mean? Really? They were just amazed probably at him saying this. This child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed wait a minute, our child is a sign that's going to be opposed? So that's a different perspective when you look at this verse in the Christmas story, so to speak, Luke chapter 2. Tomorrow we're going to talk about prophecy, Bible prophecy. There's so many messianic prophecies. We can't cover them all, but we'll try to do uh, between 20 and 40 and just talk about (laughs) a little little of the history there and uh, what the prophecies led to and why Christ came and all that. Um, great stuff. But we're also going to talk about a little opposition to Christmas and Christians as we have every year. Netflix, did you hear about this uh, this program about the gay, uh, gay Jesus, apparently? Unbelievable. But, yeah, but there's a petition to get it off of Netflix. They've done some stuff that, man, it's just not, not good. Um, so you have a choice on whether you continue to support them or not. So we'll talk a little bit about that, the war on Christmas, but it really is a war on Christ and a war on the truth. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.